Kevin Herter, come on down. The Sacramento Kings offseason continues by trading for the Atlanta Hawks. Sharpshooter will react to that Kings trade. Talk about Monty shedding his passive label. Plus, you're going to learn a little bit more about the Sacramento Kings summer league roster with Bobby Gerald right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast home for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and of course all off season. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a sports producer and reporter at ABC 10 News in Sacramento and we have no time to breathe. We have no time to rest. The Sacramento Kings just keep going and going and going. The NBA off season just keeps going and going and going. Hell, at this point, the NBA off season is like a week. Honestly, the NBA has found a way to be relevant for 12 straight months. And even if some of us might be looking forward to the gap or the pause in uh, mid-August, we'll also have to worry about the Kings and, and the NBA schedule dropping around that time as well. Overall, man, the NBA is just chaotic right now. You just, I'm not sure if you saw at the time of me recording this, Rudy Gobert was just traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for a ridiculous haul of draft picks. Kevin Durant is still on the uh, on the trade block. Things are just happening in the NBA right now, and that includes in Sacramento as the Kings earlier this morning made a trade with the Atlanta Hawks sending Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a protected 2024 first-round pick to Atlanta for wing shooter Kevin Herter. If you're not familiar with Kevin Herter, just a very solid all-around basketball player. He's a player that has killed the Kings in the past. If you watch the Kings and the Hawks play, you might recognize Kevin Herter's red hair. The, uh, he, <laughs> he has been a torch at times against the Kings uh, in his career. And it's just, if you need to know only one thing about Kevin Herter, just know that he is a very smart off-ball mover and catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Just a very solid scorer on the perimeter, which the Sacramento Kings have been looking for. Last season, season averaged just over 12 points per game, shot 45% from the field, 39% from three-point range, but is an over 40% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. I think Brendan Nunez uh, of Kings Pulse tweeted this out, uh, that he shot almost 41% in catch-and-shoot threes on four catch-and-shoot attempts per game. He fits in perfectly with a Sacramento Kings theoretical offense. He fits in perfectly with a guard like De'Aaron Fox, who's going to attack the basket, a big like DeMontis Sabonis, who you're going to run the ball through in the high or low post. Kevin Herter is going to be able to really poach around the perimeter, find his open spots, and believe me, he will get open looks. What's amazing to me <laughs> is how universally liked this trade is, this move is, by the majority of people that I've seen on social media, People have sent me emails, people in my YouTube comment sections on old videos wanting me to talk about this trade. Like the Kings fans are very excited about this move and rightfully so. And I think what I'm most excited about is that it's clear to me, Monty McNair and the Kings are executing a very understandable game plan. They knew they had it, had to add shooting to this roster. So over the course of a little more than 24 hours, They've added Malik Monk, a near 40% three-point shooter. 
They've added Kevin Herter, a near 40% three-point shooter. You also look at the other moves they've made this offseason, drafting Keegan Murray, a near 40% three-point shooter, and assuming he comes over from Europe, Sasha Vezinkov is a 6'9", 40% three-point shooter. Like the Kings have added depth. They've gotten rid of fringe talent and replaced it with proven NBA talent. And what I love is that the Sacramento Kings are extremely versatile. Like Monty McNair has given head coach Mike Brown an absolute gift with this roster that he's putting together. Because you have Kevin Herter who could play at the two or the three. There's an argument, there's a debate as to what Herter is, a two or a three. Played a lot of time at the three in Atlanta. Some think his natural position is a two. I think that Kevin Herter is potentially going to be the starting two guard with Harrison Barnes playing at the three, Keegan Murray playing at the four. However, you could start Herter at the three. Uh, at the three. You could start Malik Monk at the two, move Harrison Barnes to the four, have Keegan Murray come off the bench if you don't want to start the rookie right away. There is versatility to this roster, not just with the starting lineup, but with the rotation as well. You have De'Aaron Fox and DeMonte, or rather uh, Davion Mitchell, who can play together, are capable of both playing on and off the ball at times. You have Davion Mitchell, who is more than likely going to be the backup point guard on this Kings team. You have, uh, just don't forget about Terrence Davis, who could be your backup three, also spaces the floor, could play at the two a little bit. You have Keegan Murray, who could play the three through the five. If he plays the five, you're probably going really, really small. You have Rashawn Holmes, who's your backup five, meaning you can move at times uh, DeMontis Sabonis to the four if you want. There are a ton of different lineup combinations that makes sense that Mike Brown gets to play with. However, what's extremely important in all of what I just said is that even if you have guys that can play different roles and fill different spots depending upon what you need in each game, and that is valuable, roles need to be clearly defined. And what needs to be clear by the end of training camp, even if I do believe there are going to be some significant, legitimate position battles in training camp, I could not, I hope that the NBA or rather the Sacramento Kings allows Kings media to be in training camp for more than just the final 10 or 15 minutes like usual. Cause I want to see these position battles. I want to see what Kevin Herter and Malik Monk, if there is truly a battle for that two guard spot, maybe Terrence Davis and Davion Mitchell are also involved in that battle. What does that look like? But no matter what, by the end of training camp, a starting five, a clear starting five needs to be defined. One that should not fluctuate over the course of the season. Now, day one starting lineup doesn't have to be game 82 starting lineup, of course. Things can change with injuries or trades or or things like that. Or maybe a player at the beginning of the season starts really well and then kind of fades out and another player steps up. Like, that's okay. But the Kings have had issues in the past with starting lineups that change far too much. That was one of my major criticisms of Luke Walton. His starting lineup changed way too much. And there were also players on this roster, bench players and starters that didn't have clearly defined roles. That can't be the case with this roster. As versatile as they are, as many weapons as the Sacramento Kings now have, their roles need to be clearly defined. I expect and believe that Mike Brown knows how to do that. Certainly way better than I know how to do that. And I believe that the Kings are going to be able to define those roles and iron those roles out in training camp. Love this Kevin Herter trade for the Sacramento Kings. Absolutely love this trade. Big fan of this trade. I'm surprised that the trade with the Atlanta Hawks just had Kevin Herter and John Collins wasn't involved. And I like the haul that the Kings gave up for Kevin Herter. 
I guess some people are a little bothered by the fact that the Kings included a first round pick. I'm not at all. Like, I understand the value that first round picks have. First off, it's not the 2023 first round pick and the 2023 draft for many is expected to be pretty stacked. The Kings, I guess the one concern that people have and rightfully so is that this, this 2024 pick that is protected and I have to find the project uh, protections really quick. This 2024 pick could stop the Kings from moving future draft picks, or actually I believe will stop the Kings from moving future draft picks until this pick is conveyed. But according to James Ham, uh, the 2024 pick is lottery protected. It would then become a 12 or top 12 protected in 2025, top 10 protected in 2026. And it covets into two second rounders if it isn't conveyed in 2026. So if the Kings continue to basically be a lottery team, they'll hang, they'll keep their picks for the years to come, but it prevents them from trading future draft capital. It handcuffs Monty a little bit, but I do not mind Monty trading future draft picks for talent that is going to help the Sacramento Kings win right now, especially Kevin Herter type talent who addresses a need and also could be that starter that you're looking for. Now, if Kevin Herter ends up coming off the bench, backing up Malik Monk, let's say Malik beats him out for that position, or let's say Kevin Herter is the backup three behind Harrison Barnes and maybe becomes the starting three if the Kings were to trade Harrison Barnes at the trade deadline or Harrison Barnes walks at the end of the season. If that's the scenario, I'm okay with that. I don't mind that possibility by any means for the Sacramento Kings. Really, really, really like this trade. And I applaud Monty McNair for the offseason that he's had to this point. I'm not saying the Kings are guaranteed to be a playoff team. They're certainly closer. They've definitely gotten better. They have major questions. There are still some significant defensive questions on this Kings roster. But Monty McNair has definitely shedded, shedded that label of being a passive general manager. He kind of sat on his hands a little bit for a couple of years. Since the trade deadline, he has been wheeling and dealing and making not just smart, but good moves that I believe will help the Sacramento Kings win. Love this offseason for the Sacramento Kings. Absolutely love it to this point. I don't believe the Kings are done. From what I've heard, they're potentially still looking at trying to find a, a third string or a backup backup point guard just in case one of De'Aaron Fox or Davion Mitchell were to get hurt, knock on wood. It's always good to have another playmaker, another ball handler on the roster. So I believe the Kings are still keeping an eye out for that but we'll have to wait and see what they do. Regardless, if the offseason ended tomorrow, you can't not be pleased. And I said, I said, after the Kings did not issue their qualifying offer to Dante DiVincenzo, I said on this, uh, this podcast, I said, Monty McNair has to, with his actions, show us why he did not issue that qualifying offer, why he is allowing Dante DiVincenzo to walk. He has to show us, not just tell us, show us with immediate offseason moves. He's done that. Malik Monk, Kevin Herter. Now it's a hell of a lot easier for me to say bye-bye, Dante. Maybe you believe that there are other ways that the Kings could use that asset in a, in a different way, maybe a better way, sign and trade, something like that. That's fine. If you if you feel that way, I understand completely. I was not happy with the Kings not issuing DiVincenzo the qualifying offer. Now I understand it. At the very least, I needed Monty to make it make sense to me. He's made it made sense. I like it. I understand what Monty McNair is trying to do. And it's it's fun to be able to understand what a Kings general manager is trying to do. We haven't really seen that much 
since Jeff Petrie was here last time the Kings were in the playoffs. Let me know what your thoughts are on this offseason for the Kings, this Kevin Herter trade. You can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. And coming up next, I'm joined once again by Bobby Gerald, the son of Kings radio broadcaster Gary Gerald. Also does a phenomenal job just covering the NBA, not just at the NBA level, but it covers the G League, covers the Summer League. He loves basketball and always fills us in on information about some of the names that we don't know much about. So he's going to tell us more about the Sacramento Kings G League roster that's coming up after I tell you about a great sponsor here of Locked on Kings. Bet online, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball going on right now. But it's not just that. There are so many NBA bets going on right now. You can bet where you think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to end up. I wonder if anybody made money on betting Rudy Gobert's location, landing in Minnesota. What a wild trade that was. Just a wild trade by the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is fast, and it's the easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, and that includes MMA boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. There is chaos happening in the NBA right now. As we're recording this, Rudy Gobert was just traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who says the NBA has an offseason? And the offseason, with air quotes, continues, I guess, with the California Classic beginning this weekend. Back with me here on Locked on Kings is Bobby Gerald. I had him on around this time of year, too, because Bobby always fills us in on the names on this Kings Summer League roster that we don't know much about. I'm really looking forward to Bobby filling us in on on. on that but last time I had Bobby on it was a week or so before the draft we talked about a lot of potential targets for the Sacramento Kings and Bobby Sacramento ends up selecting Keegan Murray at number four not going the Jaden Ivy route not trading the pick even though so many people think that pick had a significant trade value what do you think about draft night for the Sacramento Kings as a whole um you know I think it was a, a good pick I I think um Murray's a really good player. Um, I don't think there's any way, any way to slice it. Um, you know, it's been talked about already in so many different ways. Um, you know, how he's maybe not the most uh, exciting guy. I think Jay Billis said you, you're probably not going to catch him on too many Instagram highlights as far as the high flying dunks and stuff like that. Um, but but just a good basketball player, you know, a good basketball player all the way around and someone who I think, uh, you know, whether he slots right in as a starter or not, I think uh, he's someone who adds value to the team, uh, can score around the basket, uh, shoots the three ball, uh, good defender, excellent in transition. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to like about Keegan Murray. And then I think one of the things that really impressed me as the draft process went on, you got to see more interviews with Keegan Murray and see what a sharp individual he is. Um, you know, and, and that can't be understated um, in today's NBA. You know, you need guys who really are going to buy in. You need guys who um, are going to, you know, really study the scouting report, uh, no tendencies, know when to go over screens, when to go under screens. Um, you know, and I think Keegan Murray's going to bring a lot of that to the table. Obviously, you know, he's he'll be a rookie, so he's going to have a learning curve. And I think in uh, today's age of of now, 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 you know, I want it. I want it now. I think there will be some people who who maybe uh, will be expecting to 
expecting him to be some sort of franchise changing talent. I'm not sure about that, but I think he's a really, really good player. And, and you'll probably just like any other rookie have to give him a little bit of time to get adjusted. Uh, but once he does, I think he's a really solid piece. So um, good job. Well, we'll get to see Keegan Murray in the California Classic and in Summer League. And Bobby, I know you're a really big fan of, of Summer League basketball. And yeah. others others might look at Summer League as kind of like, okay, it's a time killer. It's in the middle of the offseason. It's a yeah. throwaway. It's a showcase opportunity maybe yeah. uh, for some of these top picks. But the Summer League means so much, not just for these players who are having an opportunity to showcase themselves and maybe get G League invites or even international scouts in town to, to watch them play. It, it goes beyond that. Can you speak to what you think the significance is of summer league to the development of players, even top rookies and the significance for a team like the Sacramento Kings? Well, I think start off right away. You know, a lot of people say, and I echo those sentiments that I've heard before too, that summer league's a waste of time or it's, it's this and that. And uh, I, I just couldn't disagree any, any more strongly. I think, um, you know, there's only so many opportunities for young players to play in front of a huge crowd to play on national television. Um, all these things, you know, they, there's a scoreboard during these games. Um, so you might as well play to win. Um, and, and I've just, I've been to enough of them and seen over the years, different players emerge, um, that, that can carry momentum from a good summer league stint, um, onto, onto the season. Um, sometimes, it takes guys a little bit longer as we just, you know, kind of talked about maybe Keegan Murray could be one of those guys. He might come out and be the rookie of the year. We never know, but uh, he could be a guy who could really use, you know, some time in the summer league. Um, and you've seen over the years, different guys, guys that go undrafted that'll come in and have a good performance. Uh, Tyler Johnson comes to mind um, a few years back, uh, was really strong in a summer league and, um, and caught my eye. And I thought, man, then what, you know, what the heck? Why isn't this guy in the NBA? Um, there are other guys that are that get forgotten about, maybe that were drafted a couple of years ago, and they go play overseas somewhere, and, and they haven't had NBA scouts' eyes on them, and they come back in the summer league, and you, you get a look at them, and and you say, "Wow, uh, Antonio Blakeney comes to mind in in that regard." Um, so there are different stories across the board. Um, yeah, it might not be earth shattering as far as what it. Uh, does for NBA championship and NBA playoff basketball, but I definitely think it serves a purpose. Um, and it's also a great opportunity, I think, for just team bonding, team building, for coaches to get a feel for the players, um, and for some of the young coaches in the league to have a chance to, to be head coaches. I had the opportunity to go to uh, attend one of the Kings Summer League practices, and it was a very different opportunity than normal practice coverage because normally they bring us in at the final like 15 minutes or so of practice when it's just kind of shoot arounds or scrimmages nothing majorly tactical or anything like that they brought us in at the beginning of practice and we walked we stood there and sat there for two hours and watched the king's summer league practice team uh or just watched how they work and, and a number of things jumped off the page to me bobby but the first thing that jumped off the page to me and this is kind of reflected in uh in the roster too when you run through the roster this summer league squad is very wing heavy like very wing heavy. And, and, and I saw that. I mean, it, it speaks to, look, the Sacramento Kings know that their wing depth is a need. These young men have to view this as an opportunity for them to potentially break through. And if nothing else, maybe earn a spot on the G League roster and that could turn into a two-way contract. And as we've seen in recent years with guys like Damian Jones and Chemezi Metu, a two-way contract can turn into a full contract. Damian Jones just got paid by the Los Angeles Lakers yeah. here. Yeah. So, uh, and another thing that stood out to me, Bobby, was, 
it was cool to see a room of young men who are all playing with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. They all are giving 110% even in practice. And that just inspires me as someone who loves the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. Not that you watch an NBA practice and guys are like, taking it easy or taking plays right. off or, but you could just see the energy and hustle and intensity that they play with Bobby. I, I don't know necessarily where I'm going with this. I just more wanted to share those observations with you. But when you look at this California classic roster that the Kings have put together, what, what jumps off the page to you? Well, I just wanted to, to, to chime in there a little bit about watching the practice. What a great opportunity. And, and you're right. That, that doesn't always happen. Um, and it is something to be, to be cherished. I think anytime a coach will let you in there and, uh, and not be afraid, you know, the old, uh, the emperor has no clothes type thing, I think sometimes happens in the NBA where they don't want you to see too much. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's really cool that, that you got an opportunity to watch those guys. What'd you think of Keon Ellis? I don't, I don't want, want to shift gears too much, but I, he was someone I really liked in college. One of my favorite defenders probably out on the wing. I'm so glad you asked about that because I was going to ask you about him. Okay, yeah. he, I, I paid very close attention to him because I had, uh, I think last week, uh, the weeks just blend together. I had a, a writer, a beat writer who covers um, mm -hmm. Alabama basketball on to talk about Keon Ellison. Uh, one of the things that he told me was he was surprised that Keon wasn't drafted. And, and we discussed the possibility of the same way that there's opportunity here in Sacramento you wonder if, and it's not too conspiracy theory, but you genuinely wonder if like maybe Keon's agent and Keon talked about like, Hey, we don't want to be drafted. We want to choose where we go. And the Sacramento Kings make a lot of sense because the Kings could desperately use a three and D guy like Keon. And we saw that on display in practice. I don't think I saw him miss a shot from the perimeter. We saw his athleticism attacking the basket. The Kings were running a ton in transition. Keon looked like he was, he was playing with Keegan. He was playing with Namias Keda. He was playing with that, what we believe is starting unit. So I think he's going to have a big role in summer league as well for this team. I'm very excited to watch this young man. Yeah. He, I, like I said, I was just a, a big fan of his. Um, he stuck out, stuck out in the college game as kind of a, uh, maybe a little bit more than a glue guy, but one of those guys that just, just, uh, you know, in today's uh, vernacular, we like to call him a connector. Um, you know, someone who just helps make his teammates better, who gives 100% uh, effort on defense. Um, so, so I, and I definitely had him rated as someone who was in my top 60, who should have been drafted. So, um, I'm high on Keon Ellis. I, I think that was a good pick. Um, you know, a little bit curious what they what they did there with uh, the 37th pick. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Kennedy Chandler was the guy that that I would have taken right there. I think Jaden Hardy was the guy who got selected mm -hmm. in that spot. Uh, and so, you know, time will tell. We'll see um, the later pick, though. I'm I'm going to reverse course of my initial reaction, which was, oh, no, what are they doing? to now that I've really watched some Sasha uh, Vizenkov tape, I think he can really, I think he could be a help um, if he comes over. Um, I'm hoping actually that he does come over. I think, um, you know, a 6'9", 225 guy that can really shoot 39% from three, 82% from the free throw line, uh, was a plus defender on his, uh, on his EuroLeague team. So, you know, I think there's a guy, he's a little bit older. I think he's 27 or 28 now, or maybe we'll be 28 when the season starts. Um, but um, I, I thought they did well in that regard too. So, um, you know, I, I'm pretty bullish actually overall on what the Kings have done here uh, in the off season, as far as the draft pick of Keegan Murray, uh, the addition of Malik Monk, and, and now, uh, you know, Kevin Herter. Maybe, maybe I'm not quite as crazy as everyone else is on Kevin Herter, but I like him. 
and he's a shooter. And um, I think he, even if he doesn't start, he'd be a top tier reserve in the NBA for sure. Um, you know, whether or not I see some people are kind of in the mix of, is he a two? Is he a three? Um, it probably doesn't matter in this day and age in the NBA anymore, really. I mean, a wing is a wing, uh, twos and threes. Uh, if you can guard two guards, that'll be the main thing. I probably see him a little bit more as a three uh, myself, but um, nevertheless, I think they did a good job. So, um, and, and we'll see, you know, um, who else stood out to you there at practice? Was Sean McDermott making shots? Yeah, Sean McDermott was making shots. I actually wanted to talk to you about. He's not a new face. Nemeas Keda, he was uh-huh. on on the team last year when they won the Summer League Championship and a yep. two-way player. He looked a step faster to oh, me. Oh, good. Like, he just looked quicker. He looked more comfortable. He got the uh, chance to speak with him afterwards, and he talked about how the game was slowing down for him a little bit and how he was just understanding how he can make more an effect. Because I look at Keda, his size, like, that's the first thing that jumps off the page to you when you see him in person. It's like, this is a massive human yes, being. Yes, he is. Yeah. And He's athletic. He blocks shots. He protects the uh, protects the rim. He rebounds the basketball. Like he does a lot of what the Sacramento Kings main roster can provide. I actually asked him about that, and one of the things he said was like, "Yeah, I recognize that opportunity. I'm figuring out more how to." maximize my opportunities when I get them. So I'm actually expecting some pretty big things at Akeda in summer league, a good showcase of his ability because he was getting up and down the floor really well. I think he's going to have to score, you know, based on, on the roster that I'm looking at right now for the Kings for, uh, for summer league. Um, you're going to have to really depend on Murray and Kata, I think, um, to provide, provide the scoring punch. Um, you know, Keon Ellis is one of those guys, like I said, a little bit more of a glue type guy. I'm not looking for him probably to have uh, great offensive numbers. I think McDermott can shoot it. Um, DJ Stewart um, is, you know, a guy who has some potential Matt Coleman, you know, we've seen what Matt Coleman can do uh, in the past and a day murky, I think is someone who uh, is kind of that wild card guy that, that can definitely provide some offense, whether or not he comes off the bench or not uh, for the Kings, um, you know, remains to be seen, but, um, overall looking at it, I, I really think they're going to be challenged. Um, uh, maybe not so much because the roster's bad, but just because the Warriors roster is stacked. Um, the Miami heat roster is stacked. Uh, the Lakers probably not as stacked, but nevertheless, they do have a bunch of their G league guys on their, on their summer team. So just looking at it from the California classic, uh, standpoint, um, you know, I think it's going to be a big challenge for, for Sacramento based on what I see. Um, and the scoring is definitely going to have to come from the front court. You asked me about Sean McDermott, definitely noticed his shot creation. And, and I think the Kings are going to, at least the summer league team is going to rely heavily on him for some scoring. I think he's probably going to be playing with the second unit. If I'm okay. basing it off of what have I, what I saw in sure. practice, I think McDermott was mainly with that second unit, uh, a player that was definitely with the second unit, but he just wowed me with his athleticism and his shooting ability was Alex O'Connell getting to see him play uh, in person. The, the, the leaping ability that he has uh, was really impressive to me too, both with McDermott and O'Connell. What do you know about what they can provide the Sacramento Kings? Well, I know uh, Alex O'Connell, he, he was a, was a Duke guy. You know, he didn't, he didn't get, uh, a ton of run with that team. So maybe not someone that you, you know, is going to jump off the map to a lot of, a lot of different people, but, uh, you know, a six, six guard, um, who I think is a solid player. I think he'll, he'll have a chance, you know, to, to make some noise in the summer league. Not sure if he's going to be an NBA guy, um, ended up transferring to Creighton, you know, after, after playing at Duke for, for a while, uh, played his senior season at Creighton and averaged 
ooh, 3.4 points and 2.2 <laughs> rebounds. So, you know, you know, I think you got to be realistic about, about, you know, some of these guys chances They're they're summer league guys for a reason. So, um, We'll see what happens there. That Jared Roden was someone, you know, if he can make shots, uh, he's someone who probably has a chance to to do a little something. Uh, played played pretty well in the uh, G League Elite uh, scrimmages earlier this uh, earlier this I guess late spring, early summer um, that led up to the NBA Combine. So he's someone maybe to keep an eye on. And then who else did you ask me about there? Uh, also, I think it was also Sean McDermott. Just what you think uh, about his ability. Yeah, I think uh, McDermott's again, he's a, he's a shot maker and he's had a cup of coffee in the NBA. So maybe he's someone uh, who can come in and, and, you know, use some of his veteran experience um, to, to help this team a little bit. But like I said, I, I think just looking at it, I think they're going to be really challenged to, to score in, in the backcourt. And um, it'll be interesting to see if this is the team that, that carries on to Vegas. I don't know if you remember last year, the California classic team was kind of lackluster. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, we're going to throw Chemezi Metu onto the team. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, this team's a lot better with Chemezi Metu on it than it was in the California classic. So there, and then they go on to, to win in Vegas. So, um, Looking forward to it. I mean, that's all I could say. I, I see there the games are going to be televised on uh, Saturday and Sunday on NBA TV. So um, I think that's great. And then uh, I'll I'll be in Vegas. Uh, I'll leave next Wednesday and be in Vegas uh, for about eight days. So I'll get to see a good chunk of of Kings games there and see see how they fare. But um, as always, I'm interested in in everybody in the league. Today's episode of Locked on Kings brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store and dealership to carry all the parts that you need. And even if they have the part, it's at their set price point, their set brand, you're stuck. You have no negotiation power, no access to the savings that rockauto.com provides, and all you need is an internet connection, your phone, your computer, your tablet. You have access to 30, 50, or even 100% more savings than your local chain auto parts store or dealership. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. And that's just one of a ton of examples of way they're saving you money. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. And when you head there, make sure you use promo code, or rather you write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. A jam-packed episode of Locked on Kings. I'm tired. I'm tired, and I'm not surprised, or I'm not going to be surprised at all if a bunch of other NBA news, hopefully not Sacramento Kings news, but a bunch of other NBA news breaks over the remainder of today. The California Classic begins this weekend. Very excited about that. I will be in San Francisco for at least one of those games, probably two, maybe even all three. If you're heading out there, let me know. I'd love to be able to see you at one of those games inside the Chase Center. I wish it was still here in Sacramento at the Golden One Center, but whatever. It's still Kings basketball. And then Summer League heads to Vegas. We got so much more to talk about, so much more to cover. Kings basketball is very much here right now. And as the offseason continues, no matter what happens, we'll have you covered for it right here on Locked on Kings. Really appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.